Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Barefoot Buttons. They're the barefoot button of buttons. That's true. Uh, they have a brand new product. They sent us either a prototype or an early version of it uh, a while back. It's called the Tall Boy. It's just like their regular barefoot buttons, only it's like super thick. Like it's like either like double or triple thick or something like that. So if you've got a real small pedal and you need it to rise up above the crowd and get up over the pedals that are next to it, like it's perfect. It gets you that extra boost up off of off your pedal board. I've been using it on my pitchfork by Electro Harmonics. Right. In be- because it's sitting in between two bigger pedals right now, mm-hmm. and you can do lots of really fun fluttery stuff with the switch, and it's just it's too hard to get my little my bi- my big old feet down there. Perfect. So, yeah, it's perfect. So, so if you've been interested in barefoot buttons or not interested, but you've got a pedal that you don't have a riser for, and you want an easier, more elegant solution, yeah. check out the Tall Boy by Barefoot Buttons, the barefoot button of buttons. <laughs> So I'm supposed to read that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ryan from Temple, and you're listening to the Sis 60. Hey, I'm Ryan from Temple, and you're listening to the 60s. Cycle hum, the guitar. Buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Hey, Steve. Hey, Ryan. We're doing it. We're back on the mics. One, two, one, two. Yes, yep. we are. Uh, how are your Olympics going, Steve? Ugh. Have you losing any money on your Olympic bets? No, I have, dude. Who who do you bet against in this <laughs> one? Well, you know, I you know I've got that fantasy high dive team. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you do have that fantasy high diving that's, team. That's a that's an no, old. Have joke. all your fantasy high diving youth? Are they now in the Olympics? Well, yeah, it's like two years ago that we made that joke. I know. So they're all adults now. Yeah. Well, they're not adults yet, Steve. They were pretty young when we made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They're, I mean, they, they can't vote yet. Okay. But they uh, they could drive. No, that's good. To the uh, to the pool to do their high dives. No, man. Uh, Olympics. Oh, gross. <laughs> you just, are, you have been pissed about the coverage. I'm just frustrated all the time. Um. You know, you you're watching. I realize, obviously, I live in the United States. Obviously, coverage is going to be slanted towards home of the Steve. The, home of the, <laughs> coverage is going to be slanted towards like U.S. athletes for the most part. Uh huh. But I feel like I'm missing stuff that uh, athletes from other countries are doing because NBC's coverage is so fixated. Yeah. On only showing like U.S. interests. Well, it's not even that. It's like they're trying to make a. They're trying to figure out who can be a celebrity interest. Yeah, and just focusing on those people. I, you know, it sounds very old man when I say this, but I kind of miss Cold War Olympics. Oh man! Remember how good Cold War Olympics were when, when you, every every single event was a battle for supremacy. Well, even you know, um, like two thousand eight and the two thousand twelve Olympics were kind of how like. How long are we going to talk I about know. this? You started it. Uh, they're kind of like these red, you know, red scare part two, where we were super afraid of like the Chinese. Right. And then this year, you know, the- but then we were super impressed with their opening ceremonies and we're like, Oh my gosh, China, you're not that bad. We like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, I can't figure out. It's not, there's just so many factors that go into like how bad the coverage is. Yeah. People, you know, commentators talking when you're just like, shut up, like, just let me watch the thing. And then when something happens and you're confused about it, that's when they've decided, oh, we're not going to talk anymore. Right, right. It's like, you guys are, I, you know, the I way- say that I want to say they're supposed to be experts, but we know that some of them aren't. You know how frustrated you feel about the, the coverage of the Olympics right now? Yes. You feel that feeling? That's how frustrated our audience feels right now hearing us talk about the Olympics Probably. instead of talking about guitar stuff. Especially if they're listening to this like in a month. Yeah, totally. <laughs> or, or in a year, like many new listeners yeah. do. Uh, so what's new in your gear life, Steve? Um, I don't have anything new in my gear life, but... Uh, last week we talked about practice and I talked about how I was recording bass and I had yeah. that recording session last night. Oh, how'd it go? Uh, it went really well. Good. Um, so you practiced then? I did practice. I practiced for like at least an hour. Damn, Steve. 
got That's a little a refresher and everything. I got to go in and basically, I think the most tracks I recorded, like the most takes I had for a song was like six. That's, I was doing I was doing a minimum of three. Yeah, that's that's in a good range. Um, there were there was one song I did three and I was done. Yeah, like I did the three that was, they wanted to do. The first one was perfect, and the next two were for safety, right? Exactly. Yeah, in, in case something went wrong, uh-huh. or it's the in case just to know, give them options. Well, so it's really interesting the way that they're doing everything is they're recording like multiple takes of uh, of a lot of things. So with the drums, I they might have only recorded one take of the drums throughout. But with the bass, like I did for one song, I did like two different versions. Uh-huh. They actually realized halfway through that the drums weren't playing what they're supposed to. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we need you to play something else. Um, because I was matching up to like, I was matching up to the guitar and the drums weren't matching up to the guitar. So they're going to have to like fix gotcha. something there. Uh, but one of the things they were talking about that was kind of neat with doing like... They're the, going to have to have the drummer come in and play to the guitarist. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Which always um, works out. The uh, There was one song where they were talking about like, oh yeah, we're just going to do three takes and then we'll take like you know some measures from here and some measures like basically take like the best parts of from uh-huh. each three and smash them all together and and you know equalize them all out like normalize all the signal levels and whatever and and that's a complete song there it is so as long as i don't have to deal with any of that stuff yeah, no kidding Ugh, editing but uh, who needs it yeah it was a blast i, I probably in total i spent like a um, hour hour and a half hey that's doing it all for like four songs that's an easy recording session man yeah Knock it out. That's, and that's great. They uh, at the end they basically said like you know, barring everything getting deleted, like you're done. Cool. So, yeah. And pretty, this is gonna be pretty, for a Christmas album. Yeah, it's gonna be Christmas. I'm gonna. I think I'm going to try to uh, get with them um, closer to Christmas when they do some like live stuff. Christmas. Uh, they they do a Christmas concert at that church, so I'm sure they'll do like a couple of those tracks, and I'll try to make it down for that. Nice. Do you but, feel uh, Christmassy now that you've done this? No, you know, it was cool uh, because they were like better Christmas songs. They okay. weren't, they weren't like, I mean, I, I won't say they weren't carols, but it was. Uh, they were kind of modern. I did. Um, they weren't even modern. They're all classics. Hmm. Um, but I did, uh, excuse me, um, Carol of the Bells. Nice. Joy to the World. Classic. Uh, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Of course. And Little Drummer Boy. Oh, that's precious. And they, but they, oh my God. <laughs> But with the exception of Carol of the Bells, they were all kind of like variations on like the classic version. Huh. Little Drummer Boy was probably the closest to being like the original. Uh-huh. But then there was like an extra, instead of being in like 4-4, four, four, it was in, I think, 5-4. So it kind of had like a funky thing going on with the, with the music. Someone really needs to record a, uh, a version of Little Drummer Boy. No drums. No drums. No drums. Um <laughs> God rest you, merry gentlemen. Had kind of like a nice swing to it. Um, Joy to the world was when we're recording the guitar player, or not before we were recording. When we were just rehearsing, the guy who's playing guitar, he was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of hearing like just a like a sloppy, swampy kind of guitar solo right here." So that's kind of like the vibe Joy to the world has, where cool. it's just like it sounds a little like Burton, Tim Burtony. Nice. Like, well, which I guess wouldn't actually be Tim Burton. It would be um, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Yeah. But yeah, it's just kind of got this weird kind of thing going on. So they're they're classic tunes, but they've got their they've got like their own thing. And I'm sure at least one of the tracks we'll try to throw on uh, on an episode come Christmas. That sounds fun. Uh, new in my gear life. What's new in your gear life? I kind of bought an Ibanez 10 series. Uh, uh, what is it? A, a, a DML. Yeah. The digital modulated delay. And, uh, but I don't have it. Why which not? Which is very frustrating to me. What happened, Ryan? <laughs> How did you buy a thing and then not receive it? Well, I was out near Guitar Center. I was like, I'll stop by Guitar Center and just check out the use section and see what they got on the wall and, you mm-hmm. know, do my due diligence as a gear reporter. <laughs> As a member of the Guitar Gear Media. And uh, I'm looking at the used case of pedals, and they've got this 10 Series Ibanez in there for 99 bucks. 
I was like, I bet you anything these things go for more than 99 bucks. So I pull out my phone and I look around to make sure none of the salespeople are watching. And I look because they totally care. I look on a reverb. Okay. I'm like, yeah, these go for like 140 plus. Plus. Uh huh. So I could plus. potentially make uh, $30 after the taxes that I paid at Guitar right. Center. And, right. And so I asked the guy if I can demo it. And he pulls it out of the case, and it takes him 10 minutes to track down two cables so that I can plug it in somewhere because it's Guitar Center. Uh, finally, he gets me down onto an amp, and I'm playing around with it. I'm like, this thing is just a trip. It's wild, man. Like, the modulated section on it, it's really a it's a very hard pitch modulation. Mm-hmm. So your repeats will just change pitch every single repeat, like going up and going down. Interesting. But you can also dial that out and have a very standard and kind of nice-sounding digital delay. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I've got to get this thing. I'll do a demo. You know it's analog, right? Is it analog? <laughs> no. Shut up. Don't do that to me right now. <laughs> it says digital delay right on it. Uh, I can get this thing. I can do a gas and go demo. And if I don't fall in love with it, I can flip it for sure. But maybe I'll fall in love with it. And this thing's going to look cool on a board. That's for sure. Uh, Those 10 I, series pedals, like I, they, I, I feel like, I feel comfortable saying, tell me le- your feelings, at least Steve. all the ones that I have played or listened to, they sound great. A lot of them are, are real winners yeah. for sure. Uh, what I can't explain is like why is there the DML and the DML twenty, but the DML twenty is a ten series. It should be twenty series. And then why is the LA metal in the ten series, but it's the LM seven? It should be in the seven series. Things that yeah. Ibanez can't explain. Yeah. So, anyways, I didn't get to bring this home with me because Guitar Center is like, oh well, we've got it. We're supposed to. We have to hold. Uh, use stuff for 30 days and so you can come back in 20 days and pick this up in yeah. case in case it's stolen because it's the law and I just gave the guy the hardest time because I was like I have to come all the way back here to get this yeah you gotta come back here will to they get not it ship it to you in 20 days I asked him like, can you ship it to me uh, no, I don't I don't think I can ship it to you and then he like shouted to someone across the room who never answered he was like hey can, can we ship this and the person never answered and then I was like, well, can you call me when it's ready for me to pick it up? Oh, no, we can't call you. It's on the receipt. And oh my <laughs> it's like, you can't do anything to help me, can you? And th- I, I told him, like, I, this isn't hypothetical or, or me claiming that I said something. I actually said to him, this is a huge, like, buzzkill for you to do to your customers. Well, I know. That they, don't like, get don't- to, they don't get to take their new gear home with them. It's not like you live... Near Guitar Center. No, it's, it's like half an hour away. Yeah, it's pretty far away. I'm almost never in that territory. That territory. I'm ne- almost never in that area. What am I, Davy Crockett over yeah. here? <laughs> I rarely explore that edge yeah. of the frontier. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, that's like a three day journey by mule. <laughs> I'm not going back there for a pedal. Yeah. So, anyways, I go through with it and I buy it. And I figured if I don't want it when it's time, like, if I change my mind, I can just cancel it, mm-hmm. and they'll refund my order. But then, in the back of my mind, I'm like, because didn't someone on the group recently have Guitar Center sell something out from underneath them? Like, they bought it online, and then when he called on it, like, hey, where's my shipping? They're like, oh, we already sold that yeah. to someone else. Yeah, they've got some, they have some issues like that where they'll, well, they uh, have, occasionally they'll double sell. They have general issues with incompetence. That's true. So, I'm not feeling great about the situation, and I think this is just a sucky thing for them to do their, to their customers. Yeah, and it's in no way necessary. I could get it with guitars, like used guitars. Like, oh, we just don't have storage space for them, or yeah. amps. We don't have storage space for them. I hope you understand. Pedals, come on, you've got well, and I feel- you've got maybe twenty pedals in your used inventory. I bet all of them are not ready to sell yet. I think Guitar Center does this to cook their books to make it look like the previous month had better sales. Oh, than I'm it sure. Did. Um, and I, I feel like I've seen with the guitars because the guitars have bigger tags. Right. It will actually say like used whatever available on. Right. Like the full thing. So you're looking at it and you know before you throw money down yeah. that you're not going to be able to take it home with oh, you. Oh, they, they know what they're doing. They had me all the way through the process of deciding to buy this thing before they dropped this on me. It wasn't tagged on, on right. the shelf. So they knew that once they get you to the counter with the thing in your hand, like, they've got you. Mm-hmm. But it's just so sucky that I own this pedal and I can't even touch it. It's not even in my house and I paid for it. Like, I bought, you know, you, I buy a pedal off a of Reverb 
Yeah. It's going to be here within the week. Hopefully. This Unless thing, I'm shipping it. <laughs> this thing isn't even going to be here, you know, for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got to go pick it up. This is garbage. It's total garbage. Terrible. Screw, screw you, Guitar terrible. Center. Absolutely I'll never terrible. buy anything from you ever again unless I'm there and I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> so uh, do we have some housekeeping to do before we yeah. get into ads? Um, let's thank Kelly Krantz and David Campbell for joining the 60 Cycle Hum Inner Circle. Yes. Uh, and let's thank Jamie Davis for... Uh, sticking it to his wife and joining the 60 Cycle Hum Best Friends. Yeah. Uh, so the story behind that was that she bought something and he wasn't aware of it. She spent like 12 bucks on, oh, her, it was on, on Pokemon Go. Uh, she, yeah, she bought the Pokemon Go. And uh, he was like, what can I do for that amount of money? Yeah. And, and I was like, well, you could be Inner Circle. And instead of doing Inner Circle, he did the $5 a month. So I, I suppose he's spreading it out over two months, which is fine. I think he's just going to... I think it's be more like just that $5 is the level where it can just float under the radar uh, every month. There's just this random $5 charge. Well, she, like, can, she can play her Pokemon Go and he, and he can have, uh, you know, best friend status. Yeah, yeah. I already got his shirt size. Did you send out so. any stickers? No. Oh, Steve. I got to go to Office Depot, man. That's, that's a trip. Steve, come Even on. Even though I work... Order, order them on Amazon. I know, right? show up to your house, man. You think I'd have that figured out by now? <laughs> Is there an Amazon Dash button for like? Oh my gosh! Well, we're about to talk talk about that in one of the ads. Not the next ad, but I'm gonna have to buy uh, stamps too, man. Oh come on, Steve! You go to Costco, buy the Forever stamps. I do buy the Forever stamps. I just haven't bought them in like forever. Do you ever? <laughs> well, that's what they're for. <laughs> forever. I. Do you ever get like the gut instinct that the forever stamps thing is a scam and they're just trying to get people to buy as many stamps as possible? Yeah, because they the know post, people, the they post know. office is planning on shutting their doors any day. No, I don't think it's that. I think they just know that there's people like me who like every time they can't find their roll of stamps, go out and buy another like 50 bucks in stamps. Right. Throw them in a drawer somewhere. Six months later, where's my damn roll of stamps? And I've only used like seven of them. Yeah. It just always seemed done with like dumb you buy stamps and then you this they're not enough anymore like, i don't it just pay, make sense i don't pay bills in the mail yeah like, me i don't either pretty much don't do anything in the mail i only write handwritten love notes that i mail to my wife from my own house and i spend postage on that you have to it's a law yeah it's a law you should drive to the post office and drop it off <laughs> and then drive back and every day that i do it my wife, if she hears this, she's going to be pissed off that I don't actually do this and it's just a joke. <laughs> Every day that I do it, I drop the handwritten love note in, in a parchment paper envelope into the mailbox and then I sit by the door and I listen to the mailman come by and pick it up and look at the, the sending and receiving address and he just swears under his breath. And he's like, again? I could, just hey. put it, I could just put it back in the mailbox but then I'm breaking the law as a mailman and I must you know uphold what, the man? law. You know what, man? That 48 cent letter that you're sending is paying that man's salary no <laughs> i'm pretty sure that uh junk mail and amazon is paying his salary <laughs> I, I the personal mail doesn't pay for anything like the amount of money you pay is really in in a formality <laughs> okay total aside okay if you could, I mean, I guess it would be a conflict of interest. Okay. So this would never happen. But, you know, the post office takes in probably, you know, thousands of dollars or whatever in junk mail. If you could pay, like, sign up for the post office for, like, $10 a month to hmm. receive no junk mail, hmm. do, you, do you think that would be, like, would you do it? Would you spend $120 a year and never receive junk mail again? Well, there's, I think you could sell that very easily to a lot of people because there's an environmental element to it. That's true. Say, pay $10 so that the post office stays in business but doesn't have to deliver junk mail, send yeah. a message to these advertisers. But then the advertisers, like, if the advertisers pull their revenue, then no more post office, I guess? No, because you're covering that fee. You're probably not. Really covering that it. stuff is dirt cheap. That's man. that's the thing. It's you all have, bulk rate. That's the thing you have to figure out. Like, what's the what's the coverage on that? And in turn, where am I going to get my sweet sweet two for five dollar coupons for McDonald's? 
<laughs> from the internet, like where everyone gets all their coupons no, now? they don't have those on there. They only come in the mail. Um, yeah, They should be on the internet. That's the way it should work. I get all my soup plantation coupons via email. You know, one of these days, I think I'm going to sell all of my pedals. Um, what is the hashtag for that? Is it clean oh, slate? hashtag clean slate. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, but I was thinking I'm going to sell all my pedals. And my ad's just going to say, selling because I quit music. Take, yeah. Take it, please. <laughs> that is all the text that is in our first ad for the evening. Yep. It is from Igor Mackey. Uh, I th- all our ads tonight come from local boys. Nice. Myself included. So I don't know if that counts. But it counts. I'm a local boy. Uh, so this is from Igor. It is for a Dunlop Fuzz Face. $40. This is one of the big boys. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a reissue. Uh, and the caption, like you read, selling because I quit music. Take it, please. I think that's like the most honest thing anyone could ever say on Craigslist. It's true. Like that's the only reason to explain why you're selling something. No one wants to hear, oh, because I bought this other thing or because, you know, I just, I changed genres. Like no one wants to hear that detail of your life. Yeah. Quitting music. That's interesting. This guy's asking 40 bucks for this. Um, what do they go for? It looks like they go for over a hundred. Damn! Someone go get it. Um, because this is one of the red ones, which it looks like was a like a '90s issue of it. And it looks like a face. It's got this the Dallas Arbiter smile thing on it. Yeah. Does it say Dallas Arbiter? This is the oh, Dallas Dunlop. Arbiter one. It's oh, does it say Dunlop? Yeah. Oh, Dunlop Manufacturing. I'm not a huge Fuzzface fan, but people people love them. But you know what? I've talked about forever is putting together a pedal board of just big pedals. Right. This, this would this is where you should start. Oh, this, this, this is qualifies. Lo- this is local. So uh, have have a have Daniel Tyak make me a gigantic pedal board so I can have ten giant pedals on it. There you go. Starting with a forty dollar pedal, this, the pedal board is going to cost me more than the, all the pedals on it. <laughs> <laughs> but big, yeah, I, I'm how big a, a board are you going to get, man? Uh, big enough for ten giant pedals. Apparently, I need to get a really big tuner. Do they make really big tuners? Yeah, yeah, I've had some that were like absurd. You had, had a big w- tuner. I had one big tuner. Hmm. I never used it. I sold it, but it was an. It was made by Akai. Oh, okay. Um, and it was very large. Like, you know who else makes a deep, pretty big tuner is like Peterson. I don't know if I've uh, seen that one. The Strobo Stomped is huh. pretty, pretty. As far as the big. world of compact tuners goes, it's one of the larger ones. I feel like all there is now is compact tuners. Is there such yeah. thing as a full-size tuner? I mean, like the TU3 is like one of the biggest tuners on the market now because everything is like Just because it's a regular mini. boss stomp. Yeah. I think the Korg is about is a little bigger than the, yeah. Like I at saw least the pitch black in its day was. I don't know if it still is. I saw the uh, the smaller Boss uh, tuner at the Quilter event. Oh yeah, the one that's just yeah like an always on tuner. And when I first saw him, I was like, aha, that's stupid, whatever. And then looking at him, I was like, I get it, that works. Yeah, that totally works. Yeah. you put it in line before a volume pedal, yeah. or you just have it in your. Uh, tuner out on your volume pedal. Yeah, if you don't need the mute function of a of a tuner pedal, then why not? Like I get it. So, yeah, that changed my mind just seeing it in person. That's all it took. Let's move on to the next ad because this is so short and sweet. We've got nothing left. Uh, this is an ad that I found. Yes, you did a while back ago. Let me see if I can find where it. Where is Glassboro here man? on my Google Drive? Where were you? Where were you? Uh, I must have been doing some kind t- of. Where were you touristing? Touristing. Unless someone else sent this to us, maybe I didn't find it. If you found this, and I'm taking credit for your ad, please tell us on the Facebook group or other places. This is for a guitar skateboard. It's $25, and it is a guitar body that has skateboard wheels installed underneath it, and it has a ping pong uh, rubber pad as Mm -hmm. the grip tape. Yep. I didn't even realize that was from a ping pong. It's a guitar with wheels. Guitar board. It's all just now. It works, but it doesn't really ride straight. A cool novelty, at least. See pics. Um, it does not work in either way. <laughs> it may be, I guess he's saying it works as a skateboard, but if it doesn't ride straight, then no, it does not work at all. <laughs> but it definitely does not work as a guitar anymore. Uh, this is kind of incredible for $25, though. And I kind of want to have it just for a furniture dolly. You know, um, 
If you're any good at skateboard, you could probably do some sick tricks with this. You th- you're saying that you don't think I'm good at skateboard. I'm saying that I wouldn't make. Uh, I don't. Doesn't, think- I'm saying doesn't really ride straight isn't an excuse for a seasoned pro. <laughs> <laughs> I you. You know, someone who who's handy could make this thing ride straight. I'm sure. I mean, I'm not saying you're gonna like blow anyone's mind, but I yeah. bet like you know Tony Hawk could do some sick grinds. But we should describe the guitar body. It's a it's a Les Paul style body, yeah. which I think is a poor shape to choose for for a skateboard. Yeah, Les Paul's one of the smaller bodies on the market. There's really, this, uh, Gibson L6 would have been good for this. I think an Explorer would have been made a great skateboard mm. body, even though it's like super offset shaped. Yeah, and like it's got the long tail on it. The long tail lets you uh, you know do your kick flips do you know your ollies and stuff like that there's really no tail on this guitar to do kick flips which is kind of the biggest downside that keeps me away from a lot of guitars <laughs> um yeah what's, what's the, the best guitar for kick flips is what i'm asking for um, and that's I'm, the title I'm of the thinking, episode uh fender Jazzmaster. that's a pretty large offset body yeah but does it have enough tail for a kick flip you just gotta do angled kick flips angled kickflips yeah because the tail's like it's offset so you're saying offset kickflips yeah um what are some other larger bodied uh any kind of like flying v variation is probably going to be it's going to give you tail to do tail but it's to do ollies and things like that i don't know if the there's not enough space to put wheels on it though yeah yeah you're kind of hosed on that one yeah um maybe uh, Bo Diddley, the Bo Diddley guitar. Mm, yeah, that's a perfect skateboard guitar. It's like almost just a skateboard as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about that old Ep- Epiphone uh, USA body? Epiphone USA. Oh, that's shaped like America? <laughs> yeah. That's a very patriotic option. Uh, I feel like there's... Epiphone there's, Airstream? There's something really obvious we're missing, like some kind of funky 80s shape or like one of Fender Gibson's mishaps. From Golden the 80s. Radiator. Radiator would make a decent skateboard. It's I just suppose. big. It's, it's just, just big. big. It'd be a good cruiser. You definitely don't want to use a hollow body because that's just going to disintegrate. No, you're going to go straight through that. Yeah, it's only going to last like oh, one, one of those. Be one to ride. One of those Devo two by four plank there guitars. That's a good longboard. Go. Um. Yeah, so many options. I mean, there's, you know, with the, with the number of body shapes out there is practically limitless. The, the trend for skateboards that I've seen lately are these little plastic micro boards, right? Which I think is really fun. It's, it harkens back to like my father's days of skateboarding. Sure. Uh, you could use like a Duosonic for one of those. I kind of hit that territory. Have we beat this to death yet? No. Are we uh, done talking about skateboard guitars? Yeah, we beat it to death a while ago. Okay, let's talk about the last one. This was sent to us by David Chote, and more of a topic to talk about, but I think it's uh, good enough to hit as an ad if I can find it really quick here. Yeah, this is from David Chote. It's I already a said that, Steve. sponsored um, ad from Didario. Didario? Did we are, how do you pronounce it? They say it on YouTube. Uh, you know, Dare, I think it's Dario. I was listening to the 60 Cycle Slum podcast today, uh-huh. and they have a part of their podcast. Uh, I forget how to pronounce it, it but it's, it's like pronunci- the, it's, pronunciation. No, it's pronunciation. Pronunciation corner. Pronunciation corner. And so they were talking about all our missteps as far as pronouncing yeah. things. Uh, I have no idea how to say Diodario or Diodario. I, I think if you actually like listen to their YouTube videos, the people who work there say Diderio. 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 Interesting. I would have never come to that or conclusion. Maybe it's Diadario. I've heard Diadario or Diadario. Oh. I've ever it's one of those ones where everyone says it different because uh it's spelled weird with all those D's and A's. You know? What kind of word has that many D's and A's? But anyways, yeah, this is an advertisement I'll read it. Mm -hmm. Easier than strumming or snapping your fingers, guaranteed. The Amazon dash button for Diodario means never running out of your favorite strings. It saves time so you can spend more making music. Uh, So Amazon has these little, I'm assuming Bluetooth or Wi-Fi enabled buttons where whenever you run out of a certain product, you just press it where you keep that product and it just adds it to your... Da Dario. Really? Yep. Da that's Dario. From, that's from their website. Da Dario. Interesting. So you press the button and it automatically uh, orders it through your Amazon account for you. Yeah, it's like a little Bluetooth thing. Which makes something. sense for certain things. I guess it makes sense for strings. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting to that, but you know, like 
there's so many things in your house. Like every time you run out of grapes, are you going to press the grapes button? Like, right. You know, I get it. I get it for like laundry detergent or other things that last for a long time and you just don't remember to pick them up at the store. Mm-hmm. But I, well, what you need is one that's got where you've got like a set list of like food stocks that you use all the time. So like chicken breasts. Right. Like you every maybe every month you're buying a new bag of chicken breasts. So like that's on there and like I don't know, pickles and grapes, bananas, yeah. apples. You probably need a separate one for things that are produced because they're perishable and you don't really throw them in the fridge. Uh, and then you really only need two buttons and to cover your two grocery lists. Yeah. And then one just to order. I've uh, always had the this. idea that I wish there was a barcode scanner attached to my garbage can. Mm-hmm. Every time I throw packaging away and I want that thing, again, I just scan it before I throw it away. And it adds it to a list. And it doesn't buy it for me, but it gives me a list that's always on my phone or something like that. You, you could know? rig that up. Oh, I'm sure. If I was clever enough, I could, but I'd... Still probably not disciplined enough to actually use it. Well, that's that's the real problem. <laughs> yeah, there's still that human element that Plus, let's be screws honest, me over every time. For, how how long until you know somebody who frequents your house comes over and just scans a bunch of like random garbage? I know, I know. Like, we we both know who we're talking about yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> how come fifteen things of mayonnaise showed up? Huh. <laughs> this is terrible. This is a terrible mistake. Also, like buying groceries through Amazon is stu- like super expensive. Like, every time I've looked at it, I'm like, no way, dude. I'll just go to Vons and get a deal. Yeah, and so in this picture, or the, Safeway, no matter the, where you in are. In this picture, this little button is inside a guitar case. Yeah, let's get so to the actual. One, there's another one that's on top of an amp. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think the guitar case thing makes sense because it's like, ah, oh, I need strings, and you press that. Can you accidentally press this thing like a dozen times, like if a kid gets a hold of it? That's the thing is I don't I don't really know how it's supposed to work. I don't know, man. I mean, I get it in concept. If you really need things that frequently, why not just um, support a company that sponsors your favorite podcast that will just deliver strings to your door once a month go. without you asking? I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean that's the thing. And you can, Here's you, supply company. You can even <laughs> right, right. And for what it's worth, like you can do. I'm pretty sure Amazon does subscription services where you sure. just sign up for them to trigger this thing all automatically. You don't need this like button thing. Right, right. Um, I get it though. If if someone thinks that's cool and they'll use it, then go for it. But I don't know. And then it's only limited to. Those strings. Like, what if you want to try other strings? Let's use this technology for something useful. So the way Wikipedia says it works is pressing the button sends a Wi-Fi signal to the Amazon shopping app and orders new stock of whatever the product, uh, whatever product the button is configured to order. The click also sends a message to the user's mobile phone, giving the user a half hour to cancel. So it sounds like you can actually, sounds like you can actually use this thing to, um, like, the Dario. Da Dario, it's like a kid's uh, song or a kid's rhyme. They're like they're using it to you know say like oh you can use this button for your strings, but it sounds like you just get one of these Amazon Dash things, and some of them might, maybe are pre-configured, but it's a barcode scanner. So you go in and you you take the dongle and you attach it to a specific item. Okay. Effectively, so you get like your favorite size of strings. You scan it. And now that dongles for that thing. I wonder if, it, if why like, don't we do this with something useful? I mean, I guess we do. It's life alert, right? Like, sure, you fall in, you can't get up. You push the button, and they send somebody to come get you. Like, that's actually it seems like a much more. Um, I thought I was coming up with something novel here. You know what I just realized? You know what I'd use this for? What would you use this for? I would use this for pizza delivery. Yeah, like I'd be like, I do not have it in me to cook tonight. I don't have it in me. To call the pizza place. I don't even want to do online ordering. There's an emergency pizza button on my fridge. I'm going to press it right now. No questions asked. I They know my like three favorite pizzas. They'll just pick one and bring it. Domino's, you know, already does this. Do they? They have, like, you can make your favorites. Um, but then you have to they, go on their website, right? No, no. They have so, a button? So from what I understand. Oh, my gosh. Technology is now, catching up to me. Maybe I just. It's, it's past my expectations. It's, it's possible that I've misunderstood it. But from what I understand, the way they works is you, there's a phone number that you just keep in your phone. And every time you want to order pizza, you just text them the pizza emoji. 
and they and then pizza just comes. and then because it's registered it comes from your phone so they just look up your number and they say oh this is ryan burke his the pizza that he's registered here for this pizza emoji is this pizza so we're just going to make it and deliver it is we live in a beautiful age <laughs> that's just beautiful at least that's the way the commercial makes it sound like it's it too works. bad for domino's though i know i've better than papa john's yeah much better than papa john's not as good as costco pizza if Costco could deliver, I'd be a fat boy. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the best pizza in the world. I'm saying for 10 bucks, you get a big pizza, and it's pretty damn good. That's a good point. Yeah. Should we uh, do our next piece of little housekeeping and then get into the topic? Sure. This is uh, for um, the 60 Cycle Hum Northeast Meetup at Ish Guitars in Syracuse, New York. Uh, this is on September 3rd. Josh Marmon apparently thought this up. We will not be there. So we, if you show up um, and you're like, oh, they weren't there. Well, that's because we're not going to be there because yeah. we live in California. Um, I we, don't. We have a Southwest meetup. It's at Ryan's house every time we podcast. It's not my fault you're not here. I might just be having a bad memory where you might have taken care of this. I don't remember authorizing this meetup. We didn't. We have they nothing. Just... We have nothing to do with it, and that's completely fine. And I'm completely stoked. They're even doing their own wheel of pedals. Yeah, bring your pedals. Uh, it's ask... going to be at a guitar shop, which is awesome. Yeah, they're asking that you bring five dollars per person. I think that's just to cover like incidentals and whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I don't know the details of the event. So if you want to know more about it, jump on the Facebook group and be like, "Yo, dogs." Yeah, uh, I want to know Wolf more Wolf. about the uh, the sixty cycle hum northeast meetup. This again is going to be September third from five to eight p.m. Bring a pedal for their wheel of pedals. It's in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, ba- so basically the way this all went down was they posted it and said tagged us in it, and we're like, if this isn't cool, just let us know and we'll, like we'll change it. And we're like, no, this is this, this is, is really rad. cool. Like, if you want to up that price to like. A hundred dollars per person, and you collect it ahead of time. Like we'll fly yeah, out. Just for it. make sure you send us our cut. Is what I'm saying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. Did, anytime did you, you license this image to them? Ryan? Oh my gosh. This is going to bleed into the topic perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anytime you guys want to do any sort of meetup or anything, if you want logos or graphics from us, let me know. I'll send you what we have, and you can put together a flyer or do whatever you want to do. Yeah, and Ish Guitars is uh, a cool company. I have one of their straps. Yeah. Um, and I have some other product of theirs somewhere at my house, but I the strap I use all the time. So let's get into this this homework that you've printed out, Steve. Yeah, I printed and out talk about, stuff. This is the talk short about this version. Week's, this week's topic. This is the short version. One, yeah. two, three, four pages. This will be the most I've ever read in my entire oh my life, gosh. Steve. You don't have to read it. I just wanted you to re- be able to reference what I'm going off of. Okay. So, uh, if you've been paying attention to the small world of Facebook guitar groups, things in the, the world United of States. Small builders, pedal builders, legalities within the world of yeah. guitar gear. Um, creation Dramas. Pedal Board mm-hmm. uh, company is... Uh, ceasing the building of their slanted slotted pedal boards which is like their basically their flagship line right probably uh, i forget it's the heritage series and the streamliner i want to say is the name of the other one something like that um and it's because they received from what we have been able to figure out and from things that they've said they've received well what some we sort assume of, there's no official word but we assume they've received some sort of legal threat a cease and desist. A cease and desist. A you, C and D. As they a like. A cease and desist. What? <laughs> I suddenly feel like you're trying to channel um, Master of Disguise. <laughs> I never watched that movie. It oh, looked it's terrible. It is terrible. It looked just awful. It's it's. Uh, okay, back to the yeah. subject. Um. So there have been a lot of speculations about who might have been responsible for this whether sure. or not a see any sort of see like whether or not you can actually cease and desist a pedal company because i mean they're pedal, pedal boards board right company. it's kind of right a pedal board company because it's, it's like it's like cease and desisting right? a chair if you're a yeah, guitarist yeah. you're like that's just furniture like that's right a surface like oh there's um there's a board and 
I put my pedals on it because I have more than three. Right. And I don't want to connect them every time. Right. Um. So yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Um, to see what is a lot of people's favorite pedal board company. I mean, I, a there are a lot of guys them. in our group that own creation boards. Of course. Um, a lot of people in our scene, I yeah. suppose, that own them. People seem to love them. So this started to get thrown out uh, pretty much right after. I don't... I guess we can't really say... We can say whatever we well, want. Well, I mean, we can say whatever we want. We don't have any official confirmation. Right. Um, I just know that this is... this. We're just speculating at this point, and everyone is speculating but at this point. But there have been a lot of speculation that this cease and desist is related to U.S. patent 6459023, which is uh, shortly defined as an effect support board, including an effect mounting surface adapted to mount a guitar effect and including a cable connection opening adapted to allow the cable to pass from beneath the effect mounting surface for connection to the guitar effect on top of the effect mounting surface, the effect mounting surface supported by a frame. So in short, um, basically, uh, this patent covers a pedal board that's built, like, instead of being a flat board, it's on some sort of riser. Right. That allow, and it has slots in the top that allow cables to go into them. Right. Which is to say... Every single pedal board. So... Except for flat boards. Except for flat boards. Now, what's interesting about this, and we kind of got in a little discussion about this on the group already. Um, this was filed um, on uh, September 7th, 2000. So 16 years ago. Uh-huh. Almost to the day. And um, there were a bunch of references. It's not in the one I copied for you because I wanted to short it down. But it actually references like 10 other patents. Right. Saying like this is an ex- there were patents for pedal boards already. There were patents for different kinds of effects mounting systems like rack mount right uh, systems. Like the the I think the oldest patent reference was from like 1984. Wow. Um, all the way up to again like this was filed in 2000. Uh, so there are a lot of different references to other ones, but the thing that is common in, in all cases is they were either flat boards or they were boards board designs that didn't have slots in the top. Right. So for example, like SKB boards have been around for a long time or like Gator cases. They, both of those companies have been making pedal boards for a really long time. But they had like the, the jacks directly on top. Right. They're all flat boards. Yeah. If they, if they're not flat boards, they have some kind of a uh, patching, patching system. There was and a, then you had like the boss and Dan Electra style, like, like pressure right. formed plastic right. cases that only hold that brand. Exactly. Uh, one of the things that is talked about in the patent was how um, a lot of uh, people who, who made pedal boards were like cutting out foam, like custom cutting foam to right. fit all the boards in a certain way. Um, you mean fit all the pedals in a certain or, way? Yeah, fit the pedals in a certain way. So basically, this patent is claiming that this person is the. Um, like the, effectively, the like the first, the, the company. first company or the first people to do this. I, I, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily saying that they were the first, but at least that their version is like the best version, or the iconic version, or whatever the initiating version. I don't yeah, know. I, I don't not, know the legalese for this stuff. I, neither, neither do I. Now, a lot of people are saying like this is an un- actually an unenforceable patent. People are saying, well, the creation boards... Again, I didn't print out the full version. The full version has pictures of... The full version of this patent has pictures. And and again, we don't know that this is the patent that's being enforced. This is what everyone speculates. This is a speculation. Um, People are saying it's unenforceable because the designs of the boards themselves aren't like... They're not fancy. Ultimately, like creation is a custom company. So they're making fancy looking boards. To throw it out there, we're talking about uh, pedal choo-choo. Pedal choo-choo. Talking about Thomas, the, the pedal choo-choo over here. Right, right. Choo-choo. Oh, my gosh. You know, we're talking about the the, the person holding this particular uh, patent. Uh, they make boards out of aluminum pipes right. that are welded together and painted black. Mm-hmm. And the, the cease and desisties are coming against people who are making wood boards with completely different construction that happen to have some... 
I guess, practical or, you know, like pragmatic elements that make them in a way the same. Right. But from a guitar consumer standpoint, it's like, wow, these are completely different. Well, and I think that's, so that's one of the things that, that's one of their. I mean, if okay, they, if they so, try this to a jury of their peers, their peers being guitarists, like no jury in the world is going to say that a pedal choo-choo is the same as like a creation board. I I agree. However, we're not the vast majority of people aren't designers. Right, right. Pat- patents are really about raw elements. Right. They're not about like it's about a novel way of doing something. Right. Now again, like people in our group have saying that that they saw boards like this long before sure. the year two thousand. But they might have been one offs or custom. Even goals. if it was a one off, like right. like a patent is supposed to be like you have evidence that you were the first person mm. to create this idea to sure. do this thing, or that, or again that your version of this idea is a significant improvement over yeah. previous. I ones. think in the grand scheme of things, the reality of this is that this is never going to go to court with most. No, of these builders. because no one's going to. F- you know, no one's got six it's, figures. It's a lot cheaper, I think, in this in the business to have your lawyer write draft a cease and desist, and uh-huh. you just mail it out to to right. entities than it is for either side to enforce. Cease and desist are, are basically warning shots. Like yeah. there's no actual legal action involved. So, but it's it's a warning shot to say like, hey, you're watching you. You better stop what you're doing, or there will be something in the future. Is what we're trying to say right. to you. Like I've I've worked at companies that receive and send uh, cease and desist. I have had to, as a self-employed person who makes uh, designs and creative things, had to threaten cease and desist before and say, "Hey, if you don't knock this off, I'm going to have to put together a cease and desist." Right. You know. So it's it's part of doing business. It's part of protecting yourself. It's just unfortunate that it's gonna halt production if they if the company in question is the company actually doing this uh thomas the pedal choo choo uh if if he's the one delivering these cease and desisties then they can go around and effectively try to shut down every single custom pedal builder out there or, right, or, right or at least any of the ones that used angled boards with slots right um, and these, I think the so these, I think like so for example I think Temple Audio is probably safe because they use holes, but they're though, they're angled. Though, um, some of them, yeah, some of them are, but I don't know if it's necessarily the angle. I think it you might have to be both things. Interestingly, though, I guess I guess they technically make a flat board. Holy boards has a patent. You familiar with holy board? For flat board? With for, holes no, in it? for holy board, like for right. their actual design. Like there's a patent on holy board. That's the one that's like this curved and it made looked, out of like cutting board yeah, material. Yeah, it looks like che- it looks like Swiss cheese. Yeah, yeah. It's because like you're wood. supposed to use like velcro or uh, they're like the cable these, ties. There's like these plugs or something that go into them or something. No, that's temple. Oh, okay. Temple's like the metal with but the holy board is zip ties. Uh, I think holy board is zip ties. Okay, and they're the ones that are like they're made out of cutting board, whereas. Temple is is made out of like aluminum, right? Or right, some or kind of metal, folded steel or something. So all all this just going back, um, you know, I I kind of see I kind of see both sides of it because when sure. you have a patent, if you don't enforce it You're, universally, then you lose it. That's just the nature of right, it. Right, right. At the same time, like what I don't like about the fact that there's a cease and desist for this um, is that I feel like I don't feel like these two companies are necessarily competitors. No. So it's, it feels like problem. a weird thing. And you're making it so that the the customers of one company will never be your your customer right. because they're going to hate you now because they you took away the thing that they love. And if they ever need your product that does your specific thing, they're going to be like, no, screw those guys. They ruined a company I love. Right. So so that's a thing that that's the thing I don't like about it from, I guess you would say, the plaintiff side, from the people sure, who are sure. sending the C&D. The reaction, on the other hand, like I understand being frustrated, but some of the responses like just either seem, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just like really far off in my personal analysis of whether or not this is legally right or wrong. I think it. I would say I think it's legally right. I think it's ethically questionable. Sure. Does that make sense? Like I think it's create. Maybe ethically is not the right word. I think it's legally right, but it's creatively questionable. Yes. I think. 
it's this mor- company it's morally dubious. Yes, I I don't even like I don't even think about it as like morals. Like you're legally entitled to enforce your patent, but again, because I don't see these two companies as being competitors, um, I just it just doesn't really make sense to me. That being said, the reaction to it, um, is one where I'm like people are saying like oh. Someone like someone who's a lawyer should just write a freebie response to this company and say, you know, you can go suck a fat one, but, right. but use those legal words. That doesn't work. Yeah. Um, the last time I read about that happening in the guitar world, it was Kelton Suede. And then the U.S. Uh, court, I think, uh, said, no, you owe Fender $5 million. Right, right. Now he kind of has it, had it coming from everything I've been able to gather. Yeah, he's a real piece of work. Um. And I don't think that's a road that, like... If you're listening, Kelton, yeah, I said that. You're a real piece of oh work. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I make no apologies to Kelton Swade. But, but again, like, it's a very broad patent, but it's one that, I mean... I Here's... I, the, you think you think of Thomas the Pedal Choo Choo, and you think of their, their product. If anybody else came out with... A board made out of even if it was like completely different sizes and dimensions, mm-hmm. it came out with a board made out of aluminum pipe. Even if it was round aluminum pipe that was welded together to be like to have slots and to be that kind of formation, you would be like, "What the hell? That's pedal- Thomas the Pedal Train, <laughs> Thomas the Pedal Choo Choo's territory," uh, and you would totally understand uh, that company going after them. Like the the form is just completely different with these other companies, where they're making you know fine woodworked boards yeah. that cost a lot of money and are big investments, but have much more. I'd I'd say they have more limited use than a uh, a pedal choo choo. <laughs> um, how long am I going to be able to hold it together? I don't know. Uh, Why don't you just say because pedal of, train? Uh, because a pedal train. Thank you, Steve. A pedal train is like it's so open ended, and you can. It's like a Swiss Army knife. You can do a lot of different stuff with it. You can put a lot of different cases. You can, you know, screw things to it and stick things to it and do whatever you want. And it's it's more utilitarian. It's not, a, mm-hmm. you know. And these other boards are about having kind of like display pieces that are pretty and kind of you can brag about them and show pictures of them and stuff. Uh, so they're very different in their form. I get like, I feel like almost pedal train should have, uh, patented like the angle of the board, like to the degree, like right. if you're within these, this five but, degrees, but, pat- but patents are designed to be broad. Patents are about ideas. Yeah. I, you know, I, the business side of me is like good for, good for pedal train that they're protecting themselves. The guitar community side of me is like, this is not cool. Like it's a it's a big conflict in me, you know. And but it also, if Pedal Train enforces this across the board, it's kind of like a monopoly, isn't it? Like it's kind of well, just no, kills because or, you can make pedal boards, you just can't make angled ones. Yeah, but angles I, are I nice. realize that sounds like some kind of weird. That's like someone saying you can't make square guitar uh, amps, you know, or that you can't make, you know, like. A guitar neck that's round on the back, like. So, this is I'm showing you a picture right now. This uh-huh. is the and you guys can look this up. This is a T Rex pedal board, right? From what I understand, but T- they're a different in a different country. T Rex is in a different country, but from what I understand, there's a reason that T Rex pedal boards have not been sold in the United States, right? Because of that. This so this is the other thing. It is, looks is, like a pedal choo-choo. We're hearing about this right now because it's it's a it's the base of the internet. Everything from what I understand, and again, uh, this is just from trying to read things here and there in the last 48 hours. Pedal trains enforced this patent before, they've enforced it on trailer trash pedal boards. They, uh-huh. from what I understand, they enforced it in the case of T Rex, basically saying that this company can't sell their goods in the United States because we own the, the rights to this design in the United States, right? Um, so this has been enforced in the past. You can also buy it, uh, Chinese import pedal train style boards too. Right, right. And the, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess because you're buying them in China and importing them in. Like, yeah. and they're probably just flying under the radar. Right. And Chinese companies are, I mean, let's be honest, like they're, because of the way the patent system is set up, like it's really hard to sue like a Chinese manufacturer oh, yeah. from what it's I like understand. It's like impossible. So... Once China's doing it, you're like you're screwed. You yeah. can't do anything. So I, I, I just again the oh, so this is 
that was the first part of the reaction is people are saying like, oh, someone just needs to get a lawyer and, and fight this thing. I was like, no one's like, yeah, the um, amount of money that creation would probably spend to defend themselves. There's no way. It would probably take them a really long time. And they better know for a fact that they're going to win if they're right. going to go into that. And they probably don't know that. Um, the other reaction that is kind of uh, interesting, um, at least from, again, from things I've read about the situation as a whole, is a lot of people view this as, you know, Walmart versus the mom and pop. Right. It's not that at all. Whereas, as far as I understand, Peltrain is like a dozen employees. Like it's a, yeah. it's a really small shop. Now they, I mean, a dozen employees is big for the guitar gear industry. Right, but I'm saying like I'm but saying it's like very small compared to most businesses. Creation has come out and said that they have five employees. Right, and they're halfway there. They're going to have to like retool their whole business. I I say a dozen for Peltrain. I don't know what their actual number is, but like I know the guy from Peltrain was interviewed recently on uh jay jess's 20 questions uh-huh. and he kind of talked about himself and the history of the company and that's one of the things he talked about is the reason that their design is so ubiquitous is one they've been around 16 years like they've been around long enough to get right. it out there and two they came up with the design and then they found metal workers to build it and they just have other people build their stuff i don't know where they're building at right uh, i, I can't. mean the, the construction is is so simple that it's brilliant like is basically the materials they used to make you know like like airstreams it's aluminum pipes right. that are just spot welded together it's, yeah it's brilliant it's yeah. it's a brilliant design yeah completely brilliant no it's it's great so so i i do think you know a lot of people again a lot of people are coming from the assumption that you know pedal trains coming in with their billions of dollars big old pedal train with their fancy know. pants lawyers and but the reality is is that every from everything I understand, like I, now I don't know what their financial situation is, right? But at least the company itself they is, sell a is lot of pedal boards. Small. They sell a lot of pedal boards that probably don't take a lot of uh, cost to put together. Right, they're quick builds, whereas yeah. like you know, doing doing a custom craft build takes some time. Right, I, people will argue online endlessly, like oh, it's only thirty dollars a wood, but it's it's. A lot of man hours to build yeah. these fancy. I don't even boxes. know how to do a dub joint. Yeah, me either. I mean, I could do it if you if I got the rig. I probably couldn't. You couldn't do a dub joint. I don't joint? know. I've, you buy a, a routing rig, but I, I, just I said, think it's is it's, there's more to it than just having the rig. And I just trying. said dub joint, and I'm not even really sure what a dovetail, dovetail. joint. I know it's a yeah. It's, it's like that that edge joint. That's, yeah, that's fancy. I just you know I don't really know a lot about wood. <laughs> Uh, set up for a joke and I don't feel like taking it. Good. Okay. <laughs> so what, I don't know. Do we have anything else we need to say about this? I don't really have anything. I just, it'll I be interesting. There. To, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah. If you guys have feedback, I mean, shoot us an email, 60 cycle at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm sure after this episode drops, uh, there will be some discussion on the Facebook group because there always is. Yeah. Um, so I mean, join us. Let us know what you think. I we'd yeah. love to hear from you guys. I have a couple ideas uh, by which these pe- these small custom pedal builders can can save themselves. Well, in the case of in the case of creation, I, I know um, he said that they would be moving. Right, they're um, moving into road cases, into like road cases, and, flat boards, yeah, uh, like racks. I mean, like obviously, things like that. Obviously, if Big Thomas the the choo choo board comes after you. Uh, you need to redesign your stuff at this point. Sure. At that point, if if you're big enough to catch their attention, so there's obviously got to be some kind of new redesigns of how we use pedal boards and things to make them look cool without having the slots or without having the angle and have them be functional. So that's something that I challenge any board builders to start thinking about. Like start getting creative. Go go into the uh, go into the shed and start playing around and coming up mm-hmm. with interesting things. Even if you don't get tagged with a cease and desist, uh, well, yeah, I think you keep saying desist. I don't because it feels fun to say. Uh, uh, I think it'd be fun to see some new concepts come out of you guys. Just saying, like come out with some prototypes, come out with some things, see what sticks. You know, uh, another idea is you know who sells pedal boards all the time, and no one ever is going to cease and desist them. 
Ikea. Ikea does. I have an Ikea board. So why don't some of these companies uh, sell their parts as kits? Then they're not complete products together, but then you buy the separate pieces separately and they get shipped to you separately and you put them together. You know, things like that. I'm sure there's workarounds in that direction. Uh, why don't you completely uh, redesign the direction of your company and say, uh, you know, oh, this isn't a pedal board. Don't put pedals on this. This is, f- we make uh, ceramic figurine display boards. And those those holes on the top there, they're in that Velcro material. Mm-hmm. That's to let the wood breathe so it doesn't crack. Well, you know? And I mean, the, the company is... Um creation music so i mean what what's more creative than a what than hours and hours of, on end of dungeons and dragons of course dungeons and dragon board with a velcro top so you can put velcro on the bottom of your dungeons and dragons miniatures yeah so when you move from your buddy's basement to your other buddy's basement like your figurines stay stuck i'm just saying that i'm ready to pay a couple hundred dollars for a very large Velcro Scrabble board with convenient slots for putting the, the tiles into. How does I don't that think sound? that analogy worked. You don't think so? You don't think no. you could be Scrabble board? Why, why would you need slots on a Scrabble board? To dump the tiles into. I mean, I guess, but then they're Steve, just... Steve, bounce- just roll with my idea. They're all bouncing around in there. They're not going to come out. It's like when you drop a pick on a guitar. It's not going to come out. It's never coming out. You have to get a screwdriver to get those. It's really a terrible design for a Scrabble board, but it looks so pretty. I just have to buy it. Does you know, it? I just wonder if there's you know creative workarounds where you know everyone who goes and buys from you knows like oh yeah I'm going to use this for pedals, but then like you brand yourself like don't use this for pedals. This is for this other thing. You right. Know? It's, right. It's specifically for putting uh, your console mixers on. This is a mixer board. Because then it's not for pedals anymore. You know, things like that. Or just like removing all language and product photos that show it hosting pedals. And it's just like a a music supply board. Sure. You know, removing that kind of language. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Talk to to your lawyers, builders. Well, I know. And again, Creation came out and talked about it. And they poured a few thousand dollars into like... Trying to come up with a solution, which the, means they talk to a lawyer for forty-five minutes pro, on the phone, right? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it means. I, they said they spent like a couple of days and a few thousand dollars trying to figure it out, and basically came, came to the conclusion that their best shot was just to fold, right? So, um, again, like we're not privy to those like the real insider insider things, but, sure. But there have been things. There's specific, stuff there have we're been never going to been know. shared in terms of of. Uh, you know what's been driving to this point and the again the general public speculation has just been like yeah the company we've been talking about so. right i mean who else could it be um i don't know yeah i have no idea unless it's skb for some reason or... no they don't have and i don't know yeah it wouldn't be it wouldn't be because then they would be trying to shut down pedal choo choo sure all right um this week's song. Oh no, our sponsor. Our sponsor. Barefoot thank, buttons. Thank you, barefoot buttons. Yeah. Uh, I have the the tall boy, which is their. You should take a picture of it and throw it up on the Instagram. I will I'll throw up on the Instagram. Gross. Um, <laughs> it is their super thick uh, barefoot button for your pedal that is hiding in between tall pedals, and you really need it to stick out, or maybe you just want one pedal to really stick out among the rest to be your emergency button. Uh, the tall boy will get it done for you. It's the same material and construction as their other barefoot buttons. It's just thicker and bigger. So why not? And it looks cool. I think it's like milled aluminum. So they're super light too. Yeah. It looks really cool. It's really like, it, I don't know. I yeah. like the way it looks. Barefoot buttons has been a, uh, an excellent sponsor for us and they very much appreciate the, uh, the attention they get thanks to our show. So go check them out, go to their website, go to their social medias, like whatever they're posting, uh, buy a barefoot button. I'm not going to tell you not to. I think they're a great product. <laughs> so uh, we want to talk about the song, Steve? Yeah, this song was sent to us by Tyson Brennicombe. He says, as much as I love 60s garage rock, not being facetious, I thought I would send in a song again since no one else seems to be. This is a theme song I wrote for my cat, Max, at a time when I was listening to Devo's Duty Now for the Future way oh, I, too much. I like it already and haven't even heard it. The main guitar parts... 
where my Frankenstein or where my Frankenstein Mustang with the Seymour Duncan Antiquity humbucker on the bridge and Antiquity Two Dual Sonic in the neck. Uh huh. Base was a Mexican fifties P with an SD Antiquity in it, and the synth work was an MS Twenty and the carrier out of a Mooger Fuger Ring Mod. Cool. Uh, the song isn't on anything yet, but you can find other things at TysonMakesMusic.Bandcamp.com. And if you ask nicely, I'd be more than willing to share it. Ooh. He says, thanks for the hard work. I promise I'll start donating when I pay off all these guitars and pedals. <laughs> um, thanks, Tyson, for sending in the song. Again, this is Tyson Burnicombe. The song is called Max the Cat. Yeah. Meow.